This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, Abotai, we're starting off with a great Parashat Shavua, Parashat Noach. A lot of lessons tonight. We're going to learn two major lessons. You ready? First, Lunishmat, Nakis, Aliza, Bat Dina Zohara, Vizad Hashem, Shishava, Aliyah, Neshama, Vizkutis, Parashat Shavua. We're dealing with Noach. Now, first question. There's a very famous Ramban. We know that Noach built an amazing teva, and it was very, very big. Uh, you look at the Torah, it was big. It took him 120 years to build this teva. So now, the question is asked, 120 years to build teva. It was so big, it was very big. However, as big as it was, as big as it was, the Ramban says, to fit. Guys, guys in the back of the Yitzhak, I'm serious, stop talking, stop. It says like this, it, 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 he says that every every um, um, he had to take a pair of every animal, right? You know how many animals there were. The Ramban says, if you look at the Torah, even though it was it was pretty big, but how is it going to fit every single animal to a pair of it? So it was impossible. So he writes that really I'll be be honest with you, the whole thing was a miracle. The whole thing that all the animals fit into the teva, according to Ramban, he held that it was a miracle. So that being said, there's a follow-up question. So, very good, it's a miracle. So why in the first place do you have to make the teva so big? Make it a little small. If you're telling me that really according to Ramban, it was really a miracle, that being said, then why does it have to be so big? Make it even smaller. And make the miracle like that. What's going on? So he gives two answers. First answer, similar to Rashi, what he says, is that Hashem wanted people to make tshuva. So now, if you would have made a small boat, so it's all very nice, very cute. You make a nice boat, Nawak, very, very nice. Uh, you make a medium-sized boat, very nice. Even if you put a hundred foot yacht. People have a hundred foot yacht. Nice, very nice. Great. But now... He made the vase so extremely big that it took him so long, it took him so many years to build. So now people are like, this is huge. What is this? What are you doing? So therefore people start asking questions and then maybe when Noah tells them, by the way, Hashem is destroying the world because the world is doing avodah zarah, gilu yarayot, they're stealing. So maybe the person will wake up and say, oh my goodness, I better make tshuva. You know, a lot of times I said this, and it's important. It is an important lesson in life. Hashem is so good to us. It says in the, in, 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 in the Sefer Devarim, it speaks about Hashem is like a father giving a child musar. You know how you ever see a child? Sometimes a father will see a child running into the into the street, right? So what would the father do? He sees running in the street. You grab the you grab the the, the child. You grip and you pull him by the arm. You saved his life. Now the now you're holding the child. The child's crying. Nah, you're so mean. You're so mean. What are you doing, Dad? What do you mean? I saved your life. You could have got the kid. Is he's a kid. He doesn't understand that a car could kill them. So Hashem, all the time, he's saving our lives. There's a million times where a person, what does he do? Like we said once over here, by negaim. You know what a nega is? A nega is like salat. Salat is like a like a blemish. So how does it work? There's three types of blemishes. What's the three types of blemish? 
One on the house, one on the clothing, and one on the, on the, on the body. On the body. So what does Hashem do? He wants to give you a wake-up call. He doesn't go after your body right away. No. But He wants to wake you up. Because you're not on the right derech of Torah. You're not on the right, you're not, you, or you're on the right derech, but you could do much better. Or you're not maximizing your power. Let's go. So he'll do certain things, but he won't go straight to your body first. First, he'll go on the house. A guy all of a sudden has a leak. What's going on? How did my leak things? His this, his that, what happened? So he has to start thinking in the ways of tshuva. If he doesn't, then Hashem says, okay, let's, I gotta get closer to you. All of a sudden, he wears a brand, brand new suit. He's walking, hadid, he feels so good. And all of a sudden, you ever see a construction site where they have like the green, uh, the green, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The green panels and things like that. And there's a nail sticking out and you're walking by, your brand new suit, you just bought it, you say, Shekhiyana, you're so happy. Shh, ripped. Oh, you say to yourself, oh, I wasn't walking properly. I should have saw where I was going. I'm such a fool. No! Supposed to say, what happened, oh man? First, I got a leak in my house. Then, my, my, my jacket. Now, Hashem says, listen, you still not changing? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, something happens. Ah, he's walking, and somebody slams the door. Ah! Hashem says, oh! Then he starts waking up. So Hashem does it slowly. But what is Hashem doing? He wants you to wake up. He wants to give you a wake-up call. And guess what? You finally wake up, and all of a sudden, the Shefa Bracha just comes pouring down. Wow! How did that happen? How did that happen? Because Hashem wanted to put you on the right derech. I know people. What happened? He says... The guy wasn't getting married. I know a guy. He wasn't getting married. He wasn't getting married to the right, right thing. He went to yeshiva. He says, Rabbi, I want to get religious. Well, I said, why? He didn't tell me the truth. At the end, he told me, you know what? I want to get a religious girl. I heard they're, they're in style now. The religious girl's in style. <laughs> I want to get a religious girl. He says, the religious girl. I heard they're prettier. This, that. So he gets religious. And, and now, I see him married. He married one of the best girls in the community. And I know this guy from before. He got religious after four years. He got one of the best families in the community. Say so, what happened? How did it all happen? And very simple. He wasn't finding, wasn't finding, wasn't finding. Sashem so was saying, you're not getting, you're not getting, you're not getting. Then finally says, wait, let me switch, switch. Jump. Get, get, switch gears. So let me go religious. He got religious. After four years, religious, strong, shtagging, he became one of the top guys in the yeshiva. And he married the best girl in the community. His father is supporting him. Full. Y'all are learned. He's here to learn. Okay, no problem. He's learning all night. Getting everything. What happened? In the beginning, Hashem was veering him off. Oh, I'm not finding a girl. 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 That caused him to be very, very religious. And he was batan. He was in pain. Ah, I'm a good looking guy. You know, which girl's going to reject me? You know, a GQ. Eh. But it wasn't happening. And he's telling me, it doesn't make sense. Which girl wouldn't want me, Rabbi? All of a sudden, because of the school, this, Hashem is, yeah, you're having some tzad, you can't get married. He gets, he gets religious. Because really Hashem is doing it for our benefit. How many times is Hashem doing it for our benefit, for our own good, that we get on the right track even more? And that's what it is. So Hashem warned the people, 
by Noah's time, by making him a very, very big teva for 120 years. So they said, what's going on? What's going on? And Noah was trying to mekarev them, trying to get them close and say, listen, Habibi, if you don't get religious now, there's going to be my bulls going to wipe you out. Get religious. You understand what's going on? That's one answer that I'm bad. The reason why, even though it was a miracle to have all the animals come in, the reason why it had to be so big is because so people could make chuva. So people could see what's going on. They asked, oh, why are you building so big? Oh, so please make chuva because the world's going to be destroyed. Okay, they didn't listen. But at the end of the day, that was a purpose. Second reason, he brings down, Ramban says, which means in order to minimize the miracle. What does that mean in order to minimize the miracle? Let me explain. The explanation to this is very, very simple. You have to understand, Hashem wants to act according to the way the system of the world works. Once in a while, the Ramban says, once in a while, Hashem will make a, a phenomenal miracle, once in a while. But He's not going to do it every single generation. You're not going to see the sea split. Imagine how God has to prove, okay, look, I can split the sea. Look, I'll do it again every, every generation. Imagine every hundred years, okay, I'll split the sea again, I'll split the sea again, I'll split the sea again. Crazy. Hashem does it once. You see? Hashem did it once. From there, you're supposed to know from there, Hashem, wow, it's a miracle. But what's the purpose? That Hashem is really showing you, by the way, the night before the, the splitting of the sea is brought down in the Torah that there was a very big wind. Now, why did Hashem make a very big wind? So people might say, oh, you know why it split? Because it was very windy out. Very windy out, that's why it split. No. It split because Hashem, but He, but he makes it as if, you know what the Hafez Haim says? Hafez Haim says, sometimes you see people wealthy, sometimes you see people not so wealthy, and then you see the wealthy people, oh, you know, you know why? Because he's so quick. He's a hustler. He hustles. Look at him, he's hustling. The poor guy's not hustling. Like that. So Hafez Haim says, no. It's not because of that. Is deep down, this person was meant to be wealthy. So I had to make him hustle. You think it's because he hustles, this, that, 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 that. Oh, he's going fast, he's going this, he knows how to talk. Not because of that. Because he was decreed to become wealthy, so then he became wealthy. This person was decreed this, this thing, so he's lazy, doesn't go to work, he doesn't do nothing, he did that, 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 that. You understand what's going on? And sometimes you'll have vice versa. You have the mazal is so strong, the good luck is so strong, the guy does nothing. The guy does zero, and he's, he becomes wealthy like, like crazy. And then the guy's working very, very hard, nothing. It's all, it's all in the sense where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. But what? It's the way of the world. Hashem wants the world to work accordingly. Not, but what's the real answer? The answer is, is because everything in our life is a miracle. Everything. The fact, you know, there's a very famous question when it comes to Hanukkah. How many days did the oil last? How many days did the oil last? How many days? How many days? Seven days. The first time we found, we found it was able to last one day. So the most famous question that the Bet Yosef asks is, if we found oil the first day, and it lasted for seven days, 
So why is Chanukah eight days? It should be what? Seven, Seven days. days. In Israel, how many days is it, Albert? Eight. Eight. I tricked you with that. <laughs> in Israel, how many days? Eight. So everywhere in Israel and America is eight. It should be how many days, Albert? Seven. Seven. Why? Why? No, because why? Because the first day, the first day, it wasn't a miracle. The first day was the, was we, we had oil. So oh, you say that's one answer that they found it. But I'm giving you another answer. The answer that, that I'm one of the famous answers is the fact that oil can burn is a miracle. Isn't it a miracle? How come I can't put apple juice and let it burn? Put a wick, put apple juice, let it burn. It can't. It won't happen, right? But oil happens. That's not a miracle. Of course, it's a miracle. So Hashem is showing you even when na- when natural things happen, like you, in quotation marks, natural things happen, you think that that's look uh, natural. It's not natural. The whole thing's a miracle. Can you explain to me right now how you're breathing? Yeah, wind goes into the lungs and it pumps and it goes like that. You can't explain that. The fact that you're breathing is a miracle. You know that. The fact that you're breathing is a miracle. But you're used to the miracle. All happening 24-7 to every human being in the world. So you're saying, okay, I'm breathing. You wake up in the morning, I'm breathing. Okay, everybody else is breathing. So I have to thank God because I'm breathing. But yes, it says, every neshama has to praise God. Don't read it every neshama. Read it every neshima v'nishma. Every breath that you take, you have to praise God. You know why? Because the fact that you're breathing is a miracle in its own right. In one second, the guy stops breathing, that's dead. He's dead. You remember during Corona, how many people wanted a ventilator, this, that, that? How many people? They'll pay, how much would they pay just to get a ventilator? How much, how much you think? They got a million, I don't, I don't care what the price is. Maybe not millions of people, I can't keep it. You know? no. but, but, but for sure, over 100,000, 200,000, yes, 200,000, give me, give me something to breathe. So now every single day, you're getting $200,000 every single second to breathe. You don't, think it's, you don't think it's proper to thank Hashem? No, but you say, what do you mean? That's not a miracle. That's not, everybody's breathing. That's exactly the point. Hashem wants to minimize it to see who is really thinking about it. Who is really thinking about God? That this is a miracle, that miracle, this is a miracle, that miracle. Every dollar that you make in your bank account, the whole thing's a miracle. You think, oh no, because you don't understand. Many years ago, my father invested in real estate, so I have a building, and therefore I'm riding through that. Or I started this company, I worked so hard. The fact that you have dollars, money in your bank account right now, it is a miracle. It says, even in the sota, it says the kashik, what does it say about the panasah? Kikriyat yamsuf. That's what it says, go look at it. It's like the miracle of the yamsuf. Panasah is miracle. Why? How is it a miracle of yamsuf? You don't see it. But for the money to go this way and that way and this way and that way and this way and that, to get to your bank account, the whole thing was an absolute miracle. So all our lives, is built on miracles. So the fact, so therefore what? Hashem wants you to see Him, not in the open miracles, very good. Of course, everybody, you don't have to be a chacham to see Him in the open miracles. You know what I'm saying? The guys, okay, I'll get religious right now if I can fly. Okay, I'm not flying, no, no, He's not going to open up a miracle like that. It doesn't happen like that, right? But, I'll tell you something crazy. This, you could ask for my client, 
You can go to Mikdash Melech, you can't answer Don't answer Amen, okay? I mean, you guys can answer Amen. The people online do not answer Amen because uh, it's not live, you know? Like this. Rabbi Klein, you can ask him the story. He's our witness. Go, go, ask, go speak to him. There was a story many, many years ago. It's a true story that happened. Rabbi Klein told me the story. And there's a story many years ago that the rabbi got up and the rabbi said, if Hashem doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. It's true or not true? Yeah. What I just said, is it true or not true? Yeah. If Hashem doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. Is that statement true, yes or no? Of course it's true. That's not true. Of course it's true. If Hashem doesn't want it to happen, He's not going to make it happen. Hashem said, I don't want it to happen. Is it going to happen? Yes or no? Of course not. So after the class is over, one guy got up and he was drinking from a glass bottle. He said, Rabbi, I don't know. He goes like this, I don't know. So what do you mean? He says, this is a glass bottle. Anybody have a glass? Pass me that glass uh, piece right behind you. That right here, Daniel, yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Pass to me, please. So he says like this, he's holding a glass bottle. He holds the glass bottle like this. He said, Rabbi, you're telling me this glass, if it, if I throw it on, on the floor, and Hashem doesn't want it to break, it's not going to break? So the Rabbi said, listen, if Hashem doesn't want it to break, it won't break. Rabbi, I have a glass bottle over here. There's a floor over there. You're telling me if I throw this on the floor and Hashem does not want it to break, it won't break? So he says, uh, the rabbi says, no, it won't break. If Hashem doesn't want it to break, it won't break. He says, okay. And he, he had a, the shiur. So I do you mind if I take my glass bottle and I throw it on the floor and I want to see it not break? And he says, I don't mind. But I'm just letting you know, if you throw this glass bottle on the floor and Hashem doesn't want it to break, it won't break. And the guy says, can I try? He says, go for it. Rabbi Klein from Mikdash Melech, you can go speak to him. He said, the guy took it. The guy threw it as hard as he can. Boom! The glass did not break. Hey, what's going on? Now God's not going to make a miracle every single time. Oh, glass break, glass not break, glass break, glass not The fact that glass can break, you might say, wait, that's not a miracle. You might say, that's not, why is it not a miracle? Because you're so used to glass breaking. So therefore, you know what you say? Uh. The fact that food, when you eat something, you become f- full. That's not a miracle? How, how does that work? I eat a piece of bread. I'm starving. You have a, fa- a fast day? You have a, you have a fast the, oh my goodness, you're starving. You eat. I want to ask you a question. You're full. How isn't that a miracle? Can you explain to me? Isn't that a miracle? But you're used to eating every single time a sandwich and getting full after that. So what do you say to yourself? Oh, that's how nature works. How is it I'm so thirsty? I drink water. Oh, I'm good. How does that happen? You want to explain to me, Akiel? How does that happen? How does, you want to explain to me? Explain to me, please tell me. Oh, I drank water? I'm not thirsty anymore. How does that work? You can't explain that. Oh, there's H2O when it hits the body and your body's made of H2. Well, you can't do that. That was in your, your, your science class. You know what I'm saying? H2O with the particles, it hits this particle, that particle. You know? So how does it work? 
I want you to explain to me how does it work? All of a sudden I eat something, I'm full. Let's say I'm good. How does it work? You want to know something? The whole thing is a miracle. And that's why the Torah says, it's all not alpi. What does the Torah say? Lo alpi alechem lavdo adam, el alki moza pi Hashem adam. Whatever God says, that's how you're going to live. And that's why the Nevi'im, one of the Nevi's, held the man for so many years after the man was finished. He held, Hashem told held him, hold the man for generations later when there's no man to open up the man. If anybody has any problem, oh wait, Panasa, I don't know what's going on. He opens up the bottle. This is the man from the Midbar. What is this, Rabbi? This is the man from the Midbar. What was the purpose? Because everything is a miracle of God. The fact that you don't see it, doesn't mean it's not a miracle. And I'll bring you the biggest proof. How were the people eating for 40 years in the desert? How? How? Could you explain me how they were eating? They had man. What? No bread, no food, no nothing. They had something over there, they put it in their mouth, whatever it tastes, it's a miracle. God's saying for 40, I'm not going to do a miracle every single year. Oh, man, 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 man. No, 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 no. I did it once, remember that miracle? And guess what? He reminds us every single Saturday, Shabbat, the man. You know how? Anybody know how? Who knows? Albert, who knows, Albert? What's the miracle? I want to tell every Shabbat of the man. Where do we remember the man? Anybody know? Lechem Mishneh. What do we do? You have to hold two breads. Friday night, Shabbat day, you have to hold two breads. Friday night, we cut the bottom one. Shabbat day and, 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 and Saturday afternoon, we cut the top one. And we hold two breads. And we cover it. Why? What, what, what is this? Why can I have one red bread, red Rabbi? Why? Because my wife wants to make more chalis. I have to have two chalis? Why? I'm going to tell to make one. No. You have two. What? The answer is very simple. How did the man come out? The man was covered on the bottom, covered on top. And what did we get Friday? How many pieces did we get extra? Two. On Friday, Shabbat, there was no man. Friday, you had two, double portion. To commemorate that, what do we do? Friday night, man. Friday night, bread, two breads. Shabbat day, two breads. Shabbat afternoon, two breads. How many is that? How many? Six. How many work days are there? Six. Every day, connected another day, panasa. Asfacha, bracha. But what is it trying to teach you? It's trying to teach you. Every single Shabbat is trying to say, Oh, you finished work? You remember all that money that you got? You didn't do nothing, you didn't do jack. You just moved your hands, you went like this, you did this, you did that, da da da. But it's really Borei Olam. You understand what's going on over here? And you don't understand, you could see it through your life. Can I tell you a quick story? There's a fellow over here that used to be every single day in the shul, and he would record the, the shiurim every single day. And now he tells me he's moving. He's moving to Jersey. And we're in New York. So I say to myself, for a second, I was like, whoa, this guy was a professional uh, video guy. He does the video, and he's professional. Like, you know what I'm saying? What's going to be? I thought of my mind for a second. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hashem has a lot of messengers. But I was thinking about who, who, could, who, could, who could replace him? But he, he's going to Jersey. I'm in New York. Who, who could replace him? Listen to this. Listen to this. Two weeks before he moved to Jersey, two weeks before he moved to Jersey, he sits in exactly where Tal's sitting, exactly that seat. 
Every morning, for years, he would sit exactly that seat. Two weeks before he moved to Jersey, he comes one morning, he sees a young guy sitting in his seat. He sees a young guy sitting in his seat. So he didn't tell him anything. The next day, the same young guy is sitting there. The next day, the same young guy is sitting there. So, so he comes to me and says, Rabbi, should I tell him anything? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving to Jersey, this, that. I feel like Hashem saying like, we're transitioning. I don't know who this guy is. I was like, me neither. I don't know who this guy is. But listen, he's a young guy. Let him sit. He's sitting there. Let him, let him sit. You're leaving in a week. Okay. I'll, I'll feel calling. I go to him. Kishan, let him sit right next to him. You know, big deal. He sits right next to him. Bottom line is, this guy goes to Jersey. The day he left to Jersey, the same guy that's sitting in his seat, looks at me and says, Hi Rabbi, I said, Hi. He said, Where's the guy that does the video? Where's the guy who does the video? So I told him he moved to Jersey, he's not doing it anymore. I see the guy taking the camera, he sets up the camera, he puts everything, I said, what's going on? He said, if he left, then I'm going to take over. Isn't that a miracle? But yeah, I, I saw an open miracle. But the whole entire time, the guy who was doing the video was a miracle in his own right. What's the chance of this? So you, you, only now you saw it. What a miracle it was. He went to Jersey. The second he finished, the next guy comes, transition, does the video. Whoa! But even when the guy was doing it, you have to believe that it's a miracle. You understand? Because everything in our lives is deep down a miracle. Really, it's deep down. If you analyze it, it's deep down. Our lives are miracles. Every second of our lives is a miracle. The fact that you can walk. You can walk? Explain to me, how does he walk? No, I put this arm and I move this leg and I move this leg and I move my hand like this. What are you talking about? You know how many people cannot walk? You know how many people cannot work? You know how many people? Think about it for a second. Smell. We, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. It was a Saturday night one time. I told one rabbi, older rabbi in the 80s. I said, Rabbi, you do, you do Havdalah. I told him, you're going to do Havdalah. You're 80. He came into the shul. I saw him 80, 85 maybe. I said, you're going to do the Havdalah. Could you do it for us? He tells me, no. I said, why not? He tells me, when he got like 85... He lost the sense of smell. He doesn't want to do the best. Can do the best. I mean, you lost sense of smell. You know. You know when we. You know when we appreciated smell. When. When. Corona. When guys were telling me, Rabbi, you don't understand what it is. I just lost my sense of smell. It's it's a miracle. How did I lose my sense of smell? People were telling me, Rabbi, it's a miracle. I said, What's a miracle? I lost the sense of smell. I cannot smell. It's a miracle that I can't smell. You know what I told him? No. It's a miracle that you were always able to smell the whole entire time. How is it possible you're able to smell? Tell me. How is it possible? You tell me. Could you explain to me? I go like this. Ah, good, good cologne, yeah? Ah, how is he able to smell? How? Tell me how. You can explain it to me. You can't explain it to me. No, they sell this. There's small little hairs inside your nose that make a, that connect with the smell. How? You can explain nothing. You can't explain it. You know why? Because the whole thing is a miracle. And if you go through the whole entire, you go through your whole entire life, your whole life is just an open miracle. But God does it in hidden ways. Ta, 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 ta. 
And therefore, you say, well, you, 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 you're, so, you're so used to your life being the same routine day in, day out, 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 that you don't realize the miracles of Hashem having, having, having to you every single second. Clothes. Clothes warm you up, right? Right? You put on a coat, you put on a scarf, you walk outside, ah, I'm warm. You know, a guy was selling me a coat two days ago. He says, you got to try this coat, this, that. I don't know if you ever heard a couple called M-O-O-R-E-R. Have you heard of it or no? Uh, is it a good one? Yeah, I didn't know. Anyway, yeah, M-O-O-R-E-R. That's the company. You ever hear? Is it? So he says, got to try this jacket on. He tells me, you got to try this jacket on. So I'm trying the jacket on. I was like, it's pretty warm. Tells me this is the best company. This is below zero, negative 15, below zero. You can wear it in the thing. And this, you don't feel it warm. Go walk outside. He's telling me, you're going to sweat. Go walk outside. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty warm. Then I go, it's the jacket? Or it's a sham that's making you warm? You're right. You have to reach the loot. You're right. You put on a jacket. I'm not going to tell you don't walk on a jacket in winter. But when the whole point is to see God when everything natural in your life is happening to you. You understand? To see God when everything natural is happening in your life. The fact that you are born. Is that not a miracle? Yes or no? Is it a miracle or not a miracle? The fact that you're born. You know what's the chances of you to be born? You know what's the chances? One in fifteen trillion, <laughs> something, something crazy, you know. One in, one in a hundred trillion. No, I'm not joking. The, the fact that you're born and this, that, that, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a miracle. It's all right. But we live our life. I was born. I was this. I was that. I was this. And you walking around. You have to understand this lesson. In life, this is the lesson that we're learning in Parashat Nawah. That really, in essence. Hashem, the, there was a miracle that the boat, the teva that Noah built in, it, in itself was really, really, really a miracle that everything fit in. So if that was said, so why did he have to make it so big? Make it even smaller and let the miracle maximize even more that he did a small boat and everything fit in. The answer is, is because God's teaching us a lesson here. What's God's lesson? That really in essence, everything in our lives are miracles. Everything in our lives are miracles. So, but He does it. But, so therefore what? In order to minimize the nest, so you can see that everything, everything's miracles. You, understand? you got that lesson? Is that clear? One more lesson tonight, like we said. One more lesson, please. That was the first thing. Remember that. When you're breathing, even when you're sleeping, how does it work? You fall asleep at night, you can explain to me, that's not a miracle. It's a miracle too. Oh, I sleep, I uh, fall asleep, I wake up, that's not a miracle. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Wadani. Why are you saying Wadani? Because the whole thing's a miracle. Thank you God, then back up. The guy sleeps. Well, who said he should wake up? The answer is, miracle. Next. Let's go on to the, to the second lesson I want to tell us tonight. The second lesson is, the lesson is, that a person's decision in his life is crucial. One decision in your life can really, really make you, break you forever. And I'm going to explain, the, I'm going to explain this. Towards the end, when Noah gets out of the Teva, what does he plant? A vine. A vine, right? Plants a vine. What happens? He drinks. His son comes in 
right? His son comes in, and uh, and it says like this. It says, ayayin, uh, Noah drinks from the wine. Vayishkad, he gets drunk. He's unclothed in, 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 in the oil. <clears throat> now, who comes and sees that? Fayacham. Cham sees that. The father of Kram sees that. What does he do? What does he do? He calls the other brothers. He calls the other brothers. Yep. Daddy. What's going on? What does it say, the next pasuk? The next pasuk says, he tells his, his brothers, Shem and Yefet et They take a covering. What do they do? They cover their father. They don't want to see their father. You're not supposed to see the evidence of the father. They walk backwards like this. They walk backwards. And what do they do? They cover. There's a question here. What does it say? Ve'yikach shem ve'yefet. What's the question? It say, Vayichu. Vayikach is singular, like one person or two people? One. So Rashi says over here, Rashi says, why does it say Vayikach? Enkti Vayichu el Vayikach. Limed al shem shinitma'etz, nitamedz bemitzvah yoter miyefet. He did the mitzvah with more enthusiasm, more energy than Yefet. So the reason why it says Vayikach 1 is saying because his brother Shem took the blanket with more energy than Yefet. That's very important to this because it's a very important lesson. So then what do they do? They go, they cover their father and what happens? Vayikach Noach Meyeno. Your Noach gets back, now he wakes up. And he knows the whole story. What happened? That which son came in? Cham. He, he knows that Cham came in and didn't cover his father. And he knows that Shem and Yefet covered their father. So what does he do? He gives them each one what they deserve. What, what does Cham get? He gets cursed. He gets cursed. He gets cursed. You, you, you see your father, Nate, you, you don't cover? You don't cover? What does he do? He cursed Kenan, which is his son. His son's going to be a slave. What are you doing? This is what you do, your dad. You, 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 you're out of your you, you, wild. What's going on? He cursed Kenan. Now what does he do? Now when he goes to Yefet, Yefet he gives him a barakha. Yaft Elohim la Yefet. That beauty is going to come out of Yefet. Which is like they have the sculptures, you have the Rome, the, 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 the like all these different fancy schmancy things. That came from where? It came from Yefet. That was the Berachah got from Noah. Now the last one was Shem. What does it say? Vayishkon be'ahole Shem. What does that mean? It means, Vayishkon comes the Lashon of Shekhinah. What's the Shekhinah? Hashem. We come from where? Shem. We're through Shem. Vayishkon Yashir Shekhinah Israel. The Berachah that Noach does, 
He says, Shem, you're going to come, you're going to have the Shekhinah with you. You're going to have Borei Olam with you all the time. That's what you're going to have. Now, that's the story. Let's pause for a second. After this whole incident, it probably took quick, right? There's that, that, that. Everything was in and out. My question to you is, if you were to ask Kham, uh, would he regret what he did? Yes or no? Yeah, of course. He would be like, oh, what I do? I can't believe it. What happened? If you would ask Yefet, would he regret what he did? He, 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 not, not, not so, he wouldn't regret it, but he wished he would have done it like Shem. Because Shem did it with his Kawach. Why did Shem get the highest Beracha? Because Shem was the one, what that he did what? That he did it with his full Kawach. The most, he did it with his enthusiasm. So therefore he got a bigger Beracha. You see, in life, you have to understand, all these things that Shem, Chem, Chem, Yefet did, it's all decisions. You have to decide. Cham saw. He decided not to cover. He went to Shem and Yefet. Yefet didn't do it with such enthusiasm. Shem said, I'm going to do it with my full enthusiasm. You understand what's going on? This is a concept that we have. You should know that Ben Azai says, it says, Mitzvah, Gorer, Mitzvah. What does that mean? Everything, a decision that you make, leads to the next step in your life. When you do a mitzvah, the next moment it's linked to what? To another mitzvah. You don't know where that's going to lead you. I'll give you an example. You don't know, I'll give you a perfect example. There's a guy in our shul, right? I told you the story before. Teddy Hara, I told you, I'm going to say it again right now. Teddy Hara was, was going on East 13th over here. And I saw him Young guy, 17 years old. And I'm going to tell you very quick. What happens? I say, come for Shi'ur. That one thing that came for Shi'ur led that he brought a friend. And then what happened was, that friend brought a friend. And then a whole group started of every single day learning in the morning and night. How did it start? One mitzvah. Come, come learn. Mitzvah, you don't know what it will lead to. The decision that I made at the time to even approach this young guy was a decision I had to make. But that decision was a very important decision. You understand? I'll give you another, another example. The decision, of course everything's been Hashemayim, the decision of the girl that you're going to marry. Or the, right? If a girl, a girl has to choose a, a guy who she's going to marry. That decision is a decision of a life-changing decision. It's a life-changing decision. This girl could break you, she can make you, she could both ways. And a girl marrying a guy, same thing. She marries this guy, she, the guy could make her, break, who knows. So decision is, it, it's a crucial decision in your life, right? It's, it's a crazy decision, right? But you have to understand that when you're making the decision, it has to be the right decision. How are you gonna, how are you gonna choose the right girl? How are you gonna choose, how is the girl gonna choose the right guy? How? Tell me how. How is she gonna decide the how? You wanna tell me how? How? How tell how? How how are you gonna how are you gonna choose the right girl you're gonna marry? Trying to go, right? That's what I'm saying. How are you gonna do that? How are you gonna do that? So I'll tell you, in decision, a lot of times men, they don't really think so oh she's she's dropped that gorgeous, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. But uh, but uh, but this, but the, 
He doesn't want to talk. No, no, Rabbi, you're messing it up for me. I'm not going to talk to you. Don't tell me. Don't this. Don't that. You understand what's going on? What happened? What, 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 what are you in defense? What are you in the defense? This girl's going to be with you for the rest of your life. You have to make the right decision. And it's not just based on looks. Looks is important. But it's not just only looks. People look only the looks. And I had a guy one time that came to me. He says, Rabbi, if you have a guy that ever comes to you and says, marrying for looks, send him to me. I married my wife, she's beautiful, I'm having so much sad, he's going crazy. I said, why? He says, because I only looked for looks, I didn't care about anything else. And people told me, ah, I didn't care, she's beautiful, Khalas. Same thing with a guy. Same thing with a guy. A girl, she goes back, she says, uh, uh, she, she says, I got a stud, he has money, he's good looking. Whoa, there's more than just money and good looks. There's a character traits. There's character traits. You could get a good looking guy, a nice guy with good character traits. You could get a beautiful girl, a gorgeous girl with great character traits. And a lot of times the great character traits brings out the girl's beauty. Listen to what I'm telling you. The girl's beauty you might, you might look, she's not a 10-10, Rabbi. She's not a 10-10. Habibi. Her character traits are so beautiful that she becomes a 100-100. She outbeats the 10-10 girl. You understand what's going on? You understand, what's, you understand what I'm saying over here? I know people, I know a person that I know very, very well. This guy could have got any girl he wanted. And I went over to him and said, listen, you got any girl, why'd you pick her? He tells me, she had the most beautiful good deeds. I, I could see it. She's a gem. She has everything. The good deeds automatically bring out the beauty within. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what's going on? So that decision, right here, they had to make a decision. Khan had to make a decision. What is he going to do? What is he doing? Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I gotta do that. What are you doing? That decision is so powerful. It killed his life. Forever, what is Kham now? His generations is what? What is it, Nati? They're all slaves. They're all slaves. They're, they're all, no, they're all, they're all slaves. But that, that's the curse of... One second, that's the, that's the curse of Kham, yes or no? What about Yefet? Yefet could have got the Barakha of Shem. But what happened? Shem did the Ma'amats. And it's the same thing when it comes to what? Avera. Mitzvah, go mitzvah. That one mitzvah can lead to another mitzvah, lead to another mitzvah, lead to another mitzvah, lead to another mitzvah. But Avera can lead to Avera. Take any, any alcoholic. How do you think any alcoholic became an alcoholic? You know, you might be sitting here, there's no alcoholics out there, but I'm telling you, I know a fellow that told me, not this cup, if you give me that cup right there, what you're holding. Pass that to me for a second. I'm not joking. This morning, and I think you were with me when, when, when we said it, right? He said like this, he tells me that he used to drink a cup of scotch every day of this. Full to the top. That's what he did. That's what he did. Until, until, until he, he says he got to quit. What happened? What happened? You think he started drinking a, 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 a whiskey this big? Scotch this big? No. He starts with a shot. And the reason why he started with a shot is because his friends are pressuring him. 
Come on, bro. And when was this young? Come on, bro. Come on. Have a shot. Have a shot. Have a shot. He takes the shot. He gets, oh, it tastes good. Before you know it, the guy has a bar in his house. Like, what happened over here? You know, you never, you never took a shot. I have a whole bar. So they're delicious. Rabbi, I have a 1942, I have a 36 year, I have a 40 year. Like, oh, the guy became, became professional. But how did it start like this? How do you think drugs start? How do you think drugs start? It doesn't just start, oh yeah, you pop a pill, does that? It starts that the guy's pressured. The guy's this guy. So Avera, let another Avera, let another Avera, let another Avera. And that one decision that he made much earlier in his life affected what? His whole life. That's one decision. That's one decision. The decision that a guy has to make if the high school to go to Israel or not, that's a lifetime decision. That's a lifetime decision. The guys who do, the guys who don't, it's a lifetime decision. It's not like a decision, oh yeah, okay, I'm not going, there's that, I can't go, da, da, da. No, that's a lifetime decision that you just made. You don't understand the effects that one year in Israel has on the human being. Yeah, big deal. You decided that. That's your decision. No, it's not my decision. No, it's your decision. Because if you really wanted to go, you would go. And your parents would let you go. And your parents, you could convince them. Why when you want to get the car, you can convince your father to get you the car. But when you want to go to Israel for the year, you can't convince you to get Israel. I know a guy like that. He convinced his car, he convinced his father to get him the Range Rover, but to go to Israel for the year, he couldn't convince him. I said, how'd you get the Range Rover? He tells me, I told my dad. He says, how come when, I, when, when, when you were going to Israel, you couldn't convince your dad? Oh, you don't know. It's different. It's this. It's that. Da, da, da. It's not different. You could, you could, you could do it. You understand what I'm saying? It's decisions of your life that you have to make. Now I'm going to end off this last decision. What's this decision made out of? What, what, what's this decision from? You know what? From what? From kibud avvaim. By the way, the decision was made kibud avvaim. I want to tell you two more things with the decision before we finish. One thing is. When you first get married, that first year is crucial. Every year is crucial. But the first year of marriage is crucial. Because the way you build your family life, Shalom Bayit, like that, will affect, that decisions that you make that year, will affect your future. Example. I know of a Chatan. Of a Chatan. It was a Shevrachot, it was this, it was that. He wouldn't leave his house, he told me. Unless he learned one hour of Torah every single time in the first week of he got married. He wouldn't leave. He wouldn't eat breakfast. He would sit down with his wife. He would, he would sit down with his wife. He told his wife, wait, I have to learn one hour. I can't go, I can't leave the house before I out. So why'd you do that? He says, I want to show my wife the most important thing in my life is my Torah learning. Everything else can wait. So she, she trained him. He trained her so much like that. Now she knows. My husband's learning. I can't bother him. Understand what's going on? It's the decisions in the beginning of, of the marriage that makes a big effect. The next thing. The next thing is, should we stop it here? Huh? Katash is in a rush. Okay, we'll stop it here. Huh? We can stop it here. I'll just end it very quickly. End it very quickly is, Kibu Davaim. Where did this all stem from, this brachot? All from where? Kibu Davaim. How do we see that? What was this all talking about, Noach? Respecting the father. What? What does it say in the Gemara? We say a story about Kibud about Dama Benitina. A goy. You giving me a story? Look how great this goy, because he did Kibud We say there was one rabbi in the Gemara says, Wow, what I did respecting my father wasn't one hundredth of, uh, of Esav. 
Why are you comparing yourself to Esav? Why Esav? What does Esav do with anything? Because Esav did Kibbutz Avim. So what does it have to do with anything? You know what to do? Because it only, it makes sense that even the person that's way, he understands you have to respect your father and your mother. You understand that? You understand that? Somebody told me, he said, when he comes home, all his kids, they come down, they wait by the, by the door, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home, all the kids, they stand by the door. All stand there, hi dad, they kiss his hand, hi dad, kiss his hand, hi dad, kiss his hand. Kavod. Kavod, respect. Now the guy comes home, I'm saying, a regular guy, this guy's on his phone on the couch, this guy's upstairs, that, the guy puts his at that shake case, daddy's home! Dad, we're playing a video game. I'll see you later. See you in a few. Dad, I gotta go. Daddy, is dad out. Oh, who am I? What happened over here? And meanwhile, the daddy is paying all the bills. He's sweating his head off, making sure everybody has what to eat and what to drink and what to sleep and all these crazy to wear everything. And the father comes home. He can't even get a decent hello because every single kid in his house is on the phone. Why? Because the father didn't train the kid when he was a young kid. Not when he's 19 years old. When daddy comes, now imagine that goes, the father's now 19 years old. When daddy comes, you're 19, you come down, you kiss daddy's hand. He's 19, he's gonna kiss your hand now. Right now, we're to stop. You do when they're young. When they're four, five, six, daddy comes home, stand up. Stand up. What do you mean? The Torah says that you, daddy walks in, you have to stand up. What is it? Not a joke. Not that you demand kavod. You're not a tyrant, oh, give me kavod, I'm the daddy. No. So the child understands, listen. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a respect over here. There's respect. You know, mommy comes home. Stand up for mommy. The father tells the kids, stand up for mommy. And the mother tells the kids, stand up for daddy. Kavod. Kavod. What happens later on? They respect you so much. Daddy's home. Daddy, what do you need? Daddy, you, you, don't, you, you don't pick the dishes up. You, my daughter. Daddy, I was, I was picking my plate up. I'm putting it in the kitchen. She tells me, Daddy, you don't take the dishes. Oh, so who's going to take... I'm gonna, you sit down. I'm going to take a dish. True story that happened over Shabbat. I'm going up like this. Daddy, whoa! You sit, Daddy. And you know what, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking because when she was younger, little, little girl, my wife would tell, Daddy came home, please stand up for Daddy. And this thing was going on over here. This is Kibbut Davayim. This is Kibbut And because the schut of Kibbut Davayim, Shem, God... The lineage forever that the Jew, that 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 the Shekinah should be with the Shekinah. Have a great day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.